Hey beautiful, are you experiencing flashbacks since you found out about your husband's affair? Are you dealing with excessive worries? Maybe the memories are playing like a movie over and over and over in your mind. Well, if you are dealing with any of these, I want to give you some ideas of how to overcome them today on Beauty Beyond Betrayal. Hey beautiful, welcome to Beauty Beyond Betrayal. Have you discovered your husband's been having an affair? Do you just want the pain to stop and be able to take a deep breath again? Do you find yourself up late at night Googling how to save your marriage, heal from an affair? Do you wake up with the hope that this nightmare would end only to feel crushed and humiliated because your husband acts like the affair was really your fault and now you're left obsessing with where he is and if he's seeing her again? Hey, I'm Lisa. I too was devastated when I discovered my husband was having an affair. I too felt the pain would never end and wished he would just stop the affair and we could restore our marriage. I wanted the weight of the trauma to be lifted so I could breathe again and be able to have someone, anyone help me climb out of the dark miry pit of despair so I could begin to heal and be confident in me again. But I kept telling myself, he won't stop seeing her. Must have been my fault. And this pain, it'll never go away. Until I found hope and healing in Christ, along with simple techniques that helped me to learn how to recover from the betrayal. In this podcast, you'll discover what betrayal trauma really is, learn simple techniques to heal and recover, and get biblical guidance to help you make the right choices as you heal from the affair so you can be free from the heartbreak and the pain and rise in confidence once again to be the woman God created you to be. So beautiful, grab your favorite latte or a glass of wine, snuggle up on the couch and focus on yourself for a few minutes. Let's dive into what it really means to rise up from the ashes of betrayal and loss into a life that you really desire. Welcome back to the show, beautiful. I know that when there has been a discovery that your husband has been cheating on you, it is so difficult to begin to even start to overcome the intrusive thoughts that you're now dealing with, the anger that you have deep down inside, the hurt, the pain, and all of the emotions, the feelings that are associated with this kind of betrayal. Some of us that have been betrayed, we report flashbacks and memories that are almost illuminated like a big movie screen that play over and over in our mind. And it's related to D-Day or to the information that we have found out about the affair. Now, things that can trigger the flashbacks that we're experiencing include spending time with your husband who actually cheated on you. When you are with him, it's like it's constantly in front of your face. Maybe for you, it's a love story on television or a romantic song that you hear on the radio not hearing from your husband when he should be doing check-ins. And sometimes they can just come out of the blue. They can hit you when you least expect it. Being betrayed by the one that you love so deeply is very traumatic. And the traumatic experiences can be followed by intrusive thoughts. It's about the event, such as images, such as memories of D-Day. Maybe your imagination is running wild because you found out actually 
way too much information about the affair. And sometimes even the images from the imagination can also become intrusive. So if you're struggling to overcome the discovery in and of itself of his affair, you are dealing with all of the flashbacks. Your nervous system is just on overload because of the excessive worry, the stress, the memories of D-Day and your imagination running wild because of the information about the affair. Well, I wanna give you seven ways today that you can work to overcome these when they are interfering with your daily life. So beautiful, the first tip that I wanna give you today is to be present in the moment. This is huge because a lot of times when we have been through betrayal, we have a tendency to be thrust back into the past. We are thrust back into D-Day, into that moment of discovery, and we relive it over and over and over again. So practicing very simple acts of working to stay in the moment will really help you in your healing journey. This is where, now listen, let me just say this, be very cautious not to escape through food and alcohol, prescription drugs, any kind of avoidance tactic. Now that can even include becoming a workaholic. I did that, like I escaped through working 70, 80 hours a week. Maybe for you, you are at the gym, working out excessively, running for miles and miles and miles, and this is something that you might not have done prior, right? It's almost like you're trying to stay ahead of the game. And so there are many different ways that you can escape, but be very careful not to. There are also many different ways to practice being mindful, right? Staying in the moment, doing some great breathing techniques. Box breathing is very great when you have been dealing with stress and PTSD symptoms due to the trauma. Maybe meditation prayer is one for you. Spending some time outside in God's nature, even working to just do one thing at a time while focusing all of your attention on that task will help you to be present and more mindful in the moment. And it's important to be present instead of always going back to the past, reliving it over and over and over again, or constantly striving to get into the future so you can almost deny what you're going through or jump over the obstacle of the trauma. Beautiful, you have to heal through it. You can't deny it and you can't jump over it. You must heal through it. So one simple exercise that can help you to get out of a flash is to focus on your breathing. And this is for a repetition of about five breaths. This is where you breathe in very, very deeply through your nose and you exhale all the way until you can't exhale anymore through your mouth. Now I want you to notice the air coming in and out. Notice how you feel and try to focus just on the act of breathing for about five repetitions. This can help you be present. Another one while you are breathing is to actually notice your surroundings. Notice five things in the room. Notice what you can hear, what you can smell, taste, touch. This will bring you back to the present moment. The second one is beautiful anticipate triggers. 
They are a part of your healing journey. And I know most of us hate triggers. We don't like them. They don't feel good. But I would like to reframe that for you. I would like you to now look at triggers as the little red flags or the little lights on your dashboard that tell you that something inside of the engine needs to be attended to. This is your body's way of saying, hey, I'm here. There's something that needs to be healed. There's something we need to address. There's an underlying stressor here. Let's pay attention. The stressors are actually good. It's God's defense mechanism for us, the way he fearfully and wonderfully created us, so that we can not ignore the things that can actually cause our bodies to go into a state of disease, but actually to address these issues so that we can move forward in our healing journey. So pay attention to the things that trigger you, the flashbacks, maybe finding out, you know, what is at the root of the triggers. When your healing has progressed more, work to develop some coping skills for managing those flashbacks, using some somatic techniques, vagal nerve reset. Maybe for you, it's the butterfly hug. Um, I know many like to use the five senses grounding technique. And as with any anxiety-provoking thing, well, eventually, you're going to want to work to expose yourself to your triggers so you can move forward. Yes, expose yourself to your triggers. I had one client that was triggered every time she went to her husband's business establishment. Her instance was her husband had an affair with one of the co-workers there. And so for her, every time she would drive up in that parking lot, she would get triggered. So there came a point where she chose to redeem that by purposefully, with intent, driving to the parking lot, sitting there, allowing herself to feel the emotions, to feel the trigger, to work through it so that she could overcome it. And then eventually she was able to even go inside of the establishment and reclaim what had been stolen from her. So anticipate those triggers. Number three is journaling. Journaling has been shown through research to be a huge tool in our healing process. It's a way that we can effectively process our emotions by writing them down, the things that we're thinking, the things that we're feeling, how we are feeling in the moment, and even what are the negative emotions? Can we describe them? What do we think caused them? And what are the things that we use to help us process them so we can now let them go? The actual act of writing these things down can help you to think of ways to not only deal with these things, but to heal from them and can even lead to new perspectives, new self-understandings. You're going to learn more about yourself. You're going to actually gain perspective that you've never, ever gained before. And God uses journaling to speak deeply to our hearts. This is where he can speak things that you really need to hear from him. So journaling is a great tool. Number four is to ride the wave. Beautiful. I know once again, we're talking a little bit about the triggers here, the flashbacks, right? And some of these triggers are going to seem impossible because they're hard to avoid, right? Some of the flashbacks, they're going to come out of nowhere. Well, for these, I recommend 
what's called riding the wave. And to do this, you will experience the emotion you're having while imagining it actually washing over you. And it's washing away from you, kind of like a wave. So imagine this trigger coming at you like a wave washing over you, you're riding that wave, and then the wave is going back out to sea. Now, sometimes, beautiful, I know it's easier to resist the emotion. We want to stuff it. We want to deny it because we don't like the way it feels. However, by riding the wave, you often end up more able to move forward. You can actually move through the emotion, heal the emotion, and move forward to where that flashback no longer controls you. You actually now have control over it. You overcome it. And the emotions, now your nervous system is regulated and you're not so discombobulated, for lack of a better term. The next one is to be kind to yourself. Beautiful, this is where I call it giving yourself grace. Forgive yourself. This is a huge thing. And the reason why I say forgive yourself is forgive yourself for not catching on to these things sooner, right? Maybe it's that you need to forgive yourself for any mistakes that you made along the way. Maybe you asked very detailed, intimate questions that now are burned in your mind and you blame yourself for that. You blame yourself maybe for the affair. Well, one way that you can stop doing that is to give yourself grace, to forgive yourself. Try to do things that you enjoy that will help you get out of those thoughts. Recognize that the affair was not your fault. It had nothing to do with you. It had nothing to do with your marriage. And yes, maybe you asked way too many intimate, detailed questions. But beautiful, we all go there. Don't beat yourself up over that. It's a normal trauma response. You are seeking a sense of safety. You are trying to make sense out of something that doesn't make sense. So give yourself grace. Pay attention to doing the small things that are going to care for your mind, your body, and your spirit. Maybe those things are going to include exercise. You know, taking time out to really exercising maybe a few days a week, going for a therapeutic walk, eating a healthy and balanced diet, making sure that you're not eating a lot of overprocessed foods. Maybe it's taking a class, something that you want to learn, and maybe a foreign language you've always wanted to learn, or taking up pottery. Uh, maybe it's painting for you. Maybe it's diving deep into some books you've been wanting to read for a while, getting the necessary seven to eight hours sleep that your body needs each night, really feeding your body, soul, and spirit what it needs, doing the things that you know you are going to feel good doing, and they are actually going to help you in your recovery process. All right, beautiful. The next thing, number six, is this. Don't bring others into it. Now, hear me out on this. I don't mean not talking to safe people. You have a circle of safe people that you need to confide in. These might be family members, friends. These might be sisters at the church, your pastor, whoever. But these are safe people. These are the people who love you, who want to see you healed. They want to see you recover. They are going to stand beside you through the whole healing process. They are going to hear you out. They're going to call you on the carpet when you're out of line. And they're going to encourage and be your cheerleader 
leader along the way. They're not going to be judgmental. They're really going to be your advocate. Those are your safe people. And sometimes our urge can be to talk to everyone and anyone when we're hurting, when we are in pain, when we are struggling. We actually go to social media and want to spew it all out there because we are frustrated. We're angry. We're hurt. We're all the things, right? But this can be detrimental. This actually can cross over into vengeance. And vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. The Lord never wants us to cross over into vengeance. This can lead to a heart of bitterness, full of unforgiveness. And this can be like a cancer to your soul. Often, it is good to talk with someone about your emotions when you're struggling to process things. Well, realize again, this needs to be your safe people because you're dealing with very sensitive topics, infidelity. There are a lot of negatives to bringing people in that are going to really tip the scales in a very negative way. And definitely airing it on social media and really seeking to ruin the reputation of others is not the way to go. I know that you want to do that, beautiful, because it's it's normal to feel that way. And believe me, I felt that way. But it's not the godly way. And as a woman of God, we want to continue to walk in integrity, keep our character intact, and be pure at heart. There are those that are watching moreover. We want to be the woman that God created us to be. And as hard as it is, stay true to who you are. The cautionary tale here is that if you decide to forgive your husband, if you decide to do that, realize that forgiveness is not going to come right off the bat. It's not going to be a one and done. Forgiveness is a process and it's not an overnight thing, all right? And if you forgive what I call forgiving too quickly, in other words, you found out about the affair and you look right at him and say, I forgive you, let's move on. Well, that's probably not forgiveness. That is a tactic that's birthed out of fear and you are clinging to that relationship with everything you are out of fear. And later on, that's going to come back and haunt you. And you're going to say, wow, I keep reliving these things. And I've got so much unprocessed anger and emotions. I really didn't forgive. And now you're going to heap condemnation on yourself. Well, beautiful, when you decide to forgive, realize it's going to be a process. And sometimes when we choose to forgive, it's going to cause us to lose relationships. That's why I say don't bring everybody into this equation because there are going to be those that don't understand. I know I lost friends when I decided to reconcile with my husband. They just didn't understand. And that's okay because sometimes they're there for a season. But remember, at the end of the day, choose safe people to share your story with, to process your emotions with, to share the struggles with. Leave it off of social media and definitely definitely don't seek vengeance. Okay, beautiful. The last one is this. It's crucial for you not to go through this journey alone. When you have been betrayed and you are healing from infidelity, it is a difficult process, one that cannot be done alone. I tried. I really did. And I realized that I just couldn't do it myself. I knew all the things after doing pastoral counseling for years, uh, coaching people. I knew the tactics, the skills, the strategies. 
but I couldn't coach myself. I couldn't counsel myself. And so I sought a counselor. I sought a coach. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you feel you need to talk to someone, I highly recommend that you reach out to someone who is trauma-informed because they're going to need to know how to recognize some of the trauma symptoms that you're experiencing, how to help you process the trauma to release it, how to rewire your brain, how to process your emotions to bring back homeostasis to your nervous system. These are the ones that you want to seek out. People who are trained to help you through the process of the difficult things that you're going to have to navigate. And sometimes it is going to take a while to do that. I know we wish that we could maybe have one session and we would be healed, but beautiful, it's usually not that way. For some of us, it's six months. For some of us, it's nine. For some of us, it's years. But whatever your healing journey is, it's unique to you. It needs to be in an environment where you feel safe, where you can process your feelings, deal with the intrusive thoughts without judgment, and you'll be able to be helped to develop the proper tools that are gonna help you move through the healing process to recovery. Again, seek out a trauma-informed therapist, counselor, and or a coach. And if this is right for you, then beautiful, I've got a free consult for you. Down in the show notes, you'll find a little link where you can go to your Affair Recovery Plan consult. We'll get together for about 20 minutes over a Google Meets. We'll get to know each other, hear a little bit about your story, where you are in the process, and I will share with you plan just designed for you that you can implement, that we can start to coach you through, to bring you through the different levels of healing so that you can come to full recovery. Now, that's either with your spouse or not. And the reason why I say that is your healing is not contingent on the recovery or reconciliation of your marriage. God wants to see you healed and whole regardless of whether the marriage makes it or not. I'm all for the marriage making it, but I'm your advocate in your corner for your healing and I want to see you healed, and I would be honored to help you along the way. So click that below, and we can discuss the different options to get you started. I want to also let you know this. Knowing when to ask for help is not a sign of weakness, beautiful, but it's a sign of strength. It is a sign that you recognize, I can't do this alone. I need someone to come alongside of me and to help me along the journey. Moses had his counterparts. Timothy had Paul. Many, many in scripture traveled two by two. They helped one another along the journey. And that's what you have coaches and counselors for. So recognize, use your strength, ask for help, and start your road to recovery. So beautiful, those are your seven little strategies, your seven little tips to help you start to really overcome the memories, the flashbacks, the intrusive thoughts that you deal with when you find out your husband has had an affair. I hope they helped you today. And if they did, please share out this broadcast to a woman who needs it. This keeps us out in the airwaves, gets us around the globe. That's why we are a 2% top global podcast. It is all because of you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Be blessed. 
Thanks for stopping by today and spending a little while with me. I hope you enjoyed today's show and found hope, healing, and encouragement. Please remember to subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. You can even screenshot this episode and share it on IG or Facebook stories. This is how we get the message of hope and healing out to all women who are in the midst of betrayal and loss. If you're ready to move out of the devastation of betrayal and take the next step in your healing, make sure to reach out to me and schedule your breakthrough coaching call today. Until next time, love God, live your life passionately, and always choose joy in the midst of any circumstance that you may face. Cheers to you, beautiful.